everybody, and welcome to the Trial Talk Podcast. I am your host, Berta Torres, a former researcher and the science communications officer at the Emerson Clinical Trials Unit at UCL. In this show, we explore the clinical trial landscape by talking to the clinicians and researchers that are behind the work we do. If you're interested in learning how our research can help improving healthcare in the UK and around the world, this is your podcast. The guest for today's episode is Dr. Ajay Agarwal. He is a consultant oncologist at Guy's St. Thomas's Hospital and an associate professor at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine and at King's College London. Ajay is specialized in the delivery of radiation and systematic therapies for cancer. His research has also contributed to national and international policy discussions about the affordability of cancer care and the value of new technologies in cancer medicine. Ajay is here today to talk about an exciting clinical trial that is looking at using an artificial intelligence tool for radiotherapy planning in low and middle income countries. Welcome to the podcast and thank you for joining us, Ajay. No, thank you for inviting me. All right, let's start with ARTERY. Uh, this is the name of the study that you're leading, and it's an acronym that is short for Artificial Intelligent Based Radiotherapy Treatment Planning for Cervical, Head and Neck, and Prostate Cancer. This is rather a long title. Um, so I guess my first question is, what is ARTERY about? What? Archery is trying to do is to assess the use of artificial intelligence. We hear a lot about it, but it's effectively types of computer algorithms that can try and perform tasks that are often done manually by humans. And what it's trying to do is um, a couple of key components of the radiotherapy planning process. And what we mean by planning is that one thinks of radiotherapy, we know it's a major um, treatment for cancer control and cure, but no one really sees the back, sort of the pre the pre bit before the radiotherapy is actually given, and that can take many weeks to deliver. You have lots of different people, physicists, uh, oncologists, radiographers, who are all working towards creating a treatment plan that then can be delivered day to day for the treatment. Yeah, that sounds a fascinating way to approach these previous therapy um, uh, delivery plans that you need to do. Now, how did you? come up with the idea? How did you identify the need for a study like that? Yeah, so I mean, this brainchild came for it literally five years to um, this month. I was at CERN, which uh, for those not aware is uh, based in Switzerland, essentially deals with uh, nuclear technologies, linear accelerators. And I saw a presentation by someone from the MD Anderson Cancer Center about the development from his group, uh, public sector group, effectively trying to use AI to automate radiotherapy and automating both the contouring, and contouring is basically on a CT scan, slice by slice, you can see the different uh, uh, parts and organs, and you have to outline those. So if you imagine each CT slice is two and a half millimeters, you know, you could end up outlining on a hundred slices pretty much, but it automated that. Uh, and then not only that, you then have to target these beams of radiation. So you maximize the dose to the tumor, but minimize it to the other organs. That's normally done by physicists or dosimetrists, and it could do that as well. And it could do it all in about half an hour. And you're talking about something in the NHS, which takes four weeks. And I thought, wow, actually, this is something that could have an impact. But 
the question about impact is how do you prove that impact? Is this, a, is this something developed in a high-income country for high-income people or is this something for low- and middle-income countries? And what was interesting is that he'd done a lot of the development work initially in South Africa. So it sort of ticked that ache um, of, you know, is, is this something that's going to be applicable? But then there were other questions. Well, do they have the structures to integrate its centers? Do they have the bandwidth to use it as an internet performer? Does it actually save time by the time that you've got the scan, you've uploaded it, you've got your contours back? Is it of requisite quality? Can it be expanded? Can it be used across multiple tumor types? And that's where archery came about. It was actually, how are we going to implement this? How are we going to implement it in an affordable and equitable way that can improve capacity? And just as a follow-up, what are the key challenges that archery is addressing? I think more widely with, with radiotherapy, it's, it's a core modality of curing control of cancer care for several tumour types. The WHO have set a target by 2025, you know, 80% of the world should have access to high-quality radiotherapy. And, I, and I, I mention high-quality because that is... Um, absolutely imperative, but actually only 10% in low-income countries, for instance, have access and about 40% in middle-income countries, so drastically low. If we look at the reason for that, predominantly because of workforce, radiation oncologists, medical physicists, dosimetrists, uh, radiographers, and it's estimated that by 2035, we're going to need 200,000 plus professionals. It's just simply not going to happen, and, and, that, and that's internationally. So archery is trying to overcome that workforce challenge uh, by automating parts of the workflow that are heavily labor-intensive, uh, and to do that at high quality and quicker uh, and more affordably. Second of all, there are a number of AI applications. It's, it really is, uh, you know, the zeitgeist and we need to have a framework for evaluation, for responsible adoption of innovation. And I think this study represents a global health implementation research study designed to evaluate key components of quality and cost effectiveness of a new application in this setting. Third of all, I think it also shows the importance of collaboration, having the necessary expertise uh, together, hopefully for able to show that this can ha this can work, that actually this can become a model for AI evaluation of applications or AI of applications, but also try to get funding, more funding in place for global oncology research, because actually this is about capacity building just as much, about improving research infrastructures and collaborating in low and middle income settings so they can develop their own uh, and deliver, which they do, but at more at scale, uh, radiotherapy research in the setting of innovative questions uh, that can improve capacity and outcomes. So it sounds like there's really a need for evaluating these type of uh, approaches to prove that they're worthwhile. So a lot of the archery studies are actually assessing this, so doing this evaluation work of how the tool can be used and applied into this uh, healthcare sector. Yeah, I would put it in the domain of almost like an implementation science trial or an implementation research trial. You know, the need is that we have a workforce crisis. Um, we need something to upskill and upgrade and improve capacity at pace. Uh, but we also need to know, ensure that it, that it works and it can be done affordably because if it doesn't meet those criteria, then it's not going to help people. Yeah, it's almost like a proof of concept that we can use. Yeah, it. exactly, exactly. And that, that this is a type of study where actually through a sensible research design, prospective evaluation, considering aspects of quality, um, time savings, cost savings um, and implementation, that actually you then 
create something over the over the study that then can you can say well it's worked in these four countries it can be considered more widely beyond that and you do need these proof of concept studies i think definitely so you mentioned earlier that it's it's taking five years to get to this point and to set up archery um, and i imagine that has been rather a challenging journey Um, can you walk us through the process to set up the study? How these five years have looked like and what were the main challenges you had to overcome? I mean, it was conceived because I heard a presentation, but I didn't know the person. So first I had to meet the person who uh, did the presentation, which is Lawrence Court. He's one of the medical physicists at the MD Anderson uh, who developed the software or his group did. So it was uh meeting, talking, working on other projects, then thinking, actually, how could you design an evaluation? Um, and I was fortunate enough to meet Max Palmer and uh, Ruth Langley at the MRC. Uh, they're able to discuss the project. And it wasn't even with any trial in mind, but it was just more that, you know, this is what I'm thinking. Then the different collaborators, so which countries should this be done in? So we thought a middle-income country rather than a, a low-income country at this stage, partly because I think there needs to be a level of technical requirements for, I think, the tool uh, tool to run. And also the middle-income countries have the greatest expansion at the at-risk population as well. So that burden of cancer is growing. But So we wanted to look at different zones. So uh, collaborators in uh, India, Uh, South Africa, then more Middle East, so Jordan, uh, and then in Malaysia, South, you know, Southeast Asia. But then there are other elements. Well, how are we going to assess the quality? And that comes to quality assurance of radiotherapy. So then, you know, there was a group here in the UK who specialized in that for other trials, and then the economics. In total, you know, nine countries, 10 collaborators. So that was one thing to have overcome. So this needs collaboration. It needs expertise. It needs both goodwill and skill, um, but then ultimately to make it happen is funding. Um, and and that process of securing, trying to secure funding took a couple of years and it became very clear that there's no funding here in the UK for uh, a global oncology trial of that sort. Um, so I applied overseas internationally. I went for the, the NIH and they've got funding routes for understanding technologies and implementation. Uh, and I and I applied for it with our, you know, collaborators. Uh, it was in June 2021. It wasn't easy. It's, it's very different from, say, UK processes, but it was worthwhile. And then what was great afterwards is that we've got further funding from the Rising Tide Foundation in Switzerland. Uh, probably the other thing to mention, you know, for each tumor type, we're going to recruit 350 patients. So this is a study with you know nearly 1,100 patients uh, that are going to be recruited. And what is the state that Archer is right now? Is yeah. it open to recruitment soon? Or? Yeah, so we're, so uh, obviously with those 10 collaborators in, in nine countries, of which the UK is one of those countries, it's actually the governance of putting that together. So I think in terms of when we're going to start to recruit our first patient, it's uh, penciled in February, March 2023, so not very long. We'll get there We'll get there soon, but uh, everything's in place, protocols in place. We've got the ethics at the different sites. So I think, that, I think this is uh, very much not far from actually recruiting its first patient, and we're expecting recruitment to be for a couple of years um, during that period. Yeah, I can only imagine how exciting is it, you know, starting to see all the efforts during these years to actually coming into something real soon. So we'll be talking a little bit about where the study is now, but what about the future? 
what are your views on the impact that this study can have? If we reflect on why archery was developed, the aim is to try and expand capacity in a way that you can deliver radiotherapy safely, that you can continue the consistency. It's trying to meet the workforce grand challenge. So if you imagine uh, the workflow in some countries from the point of the CT scan, which is where we plan the treatment on, to actually delivering treatment can be 12 weeks in certain places. It's four weeks in the NHS. The aim is that this work reduces that to about 30 minutes. Um, it can help in terms of expansion of sites. So you, if you want, in particular countries, there might be only one or two radiotherapy centers in the whole country. If you want to build a third, fourth and fifth, you might not necessarily be able to have man the the workforce in each of those obviously you'd need some but actually if elements can be automated that could help um and i think other things that are not realized is that actually as radiotherapy planning or ct based contouring has got more complex it then becomes a bottleneck to going for more refined treatments which are known to improve control of the cancer or reduce toxicity so intensity modulated radiotherapy or stereotactic radiotherapy if you don't get that core bit of the contouring and the physics right then it gets harder and harder so it allows more complex technologies uh, techniques to be used which can uh, improve patient outcomes uh, and then second of all it allows shorter treatments to be used so one of the things of using shorter treatments is you give a higher dose per treatment but if you're not confident of the quality of that single treatment, then you're not going to give a shorter treatment. Uh, then there was the elements of affordability. We need to test that. Is it affordable? Is this something that can be delivered at scale? Um, so I think those uh, it, it's really trying to address those fundamental needs. And it's only three tumour types, but the idea is to expand to other tumour types as well, ones in particular. So potentially there is a scope for extending to other types of cancer that also need radiotherapy as the main treatment yeah, in the future. It's been, it's been designed as a sort of multi-arm study. And so um, depending on, I mean, funding is probably the main bottleneck. So I think three things can be added really. So other tumor types, I think we can expand to different countries. And then potentially this could be used to model for other digital technologies of which there are plenty in the diagnostic and treatment pathway coming along. So I see it as those three things, tumour types, country centres and potentially other digital technologies. And how is success going to look like? What is the outcome that it's going to generate? I think first and foremost, I think delivering an international study in radiotherapy will be important to demonstrate. If it meets its outcomes, then we can say that from perspective evaluation in different country contexts that the radiotherapy planning assistant delivers high quality radiotherapy plans, that it saves time, uh, reduces the costs of the treatment pathway. Delivering that at scale, one of the big things is that the producers of the AI technology have committed to offering the web-based platform, the radiotherapy planning system, at least not-for-profit, uh, to public sector hospitals um, in low- and middle-income countries. Potentially free, but that that depends, but certainly not-for-profit. So we have an opportunity here to expand usage of this at scale if it meets its outcome measures, which I think is fantastic. And what was the top one moment along this journey where you felt like extremely excited about the trial? Actually, it was two weeks ago when we had our first meeting and all the sort of 10 co-investigators were there, all the wider team from the clinical trials unit. And we were talking about the study, about setting it up and it ain't knowledge that everyone was excited about it. And that's when I was really excited because I was looking at the Zoom call with all these faces who had 
worked so closely with over the last three, four years. And actually, we can now continue working together. We're actually working towards an objective that we've fought very hard to try and mm. get to this position. So that was a really exciting moment that actually this collaboration is going to happen. Yeah. This work's going to happen. Connecting with them and yeah, kind of like that was, sharing. That was, the, that was truly the best bit. It's like, oh, wow, this is, yeah, great. So... I think we're coming into an end, but I wanted to ask you, yeah, where can we go to learn more about archery? Yeah, so our trial website is being developed at the moment. On that, they'll have information about the archery study. We've obviously registered with the ICRTN, which gives um, uh, the database for new trials that have been set up. So there's some provisional information on that. That's right. And at the MRCCTU website, we will also be posting any updates uh, of the archery study. Um, right, so this is it. Thank you so much, Ajay, for taking us into a journey uh, on how you established archery and, and the potential that this study has in overcoming some of the challenges around global health in, in cancer treatment. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to know more about the research that we carry on, please subscribe to our SoundCloud channel and follow us on Twitter. You can find us at MRCCTU. Thanks again for joining us in this episode of The Trial Talk. See you next time.